Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lead with Purpose podcast on our episode, Driving Culture as a CEO. And today we have with us Manem from Tunisia. He was in ISEC back in 2003 and 2007. So he's definitely going to give us an amazing perspective from his time then and also where he is now today. So just to start us off, um, can you just tell us a little bit about you, your ISEC experience, when did you join, why did you stay, um, where did you go, you name it. Just give us a little bit about you. Yep. First, thank you so much, Luis, for having me here. It's a pleasure to reconnect. It's a pleasure to be part of this platform, of course. Um, uh, I joined ISEC back in, back in 2003 um, in my LC, ISEC Bardu, um, which is in the capital of Tunisia. Then um, I spent uh, two years there like working on projects, leading projects and everything. Then I joined the, uh, the MC of ISEC in Tunisia as an MCVP external relations. Um, uh, the, the performance was was amazing, you know. I managed, you know, to sign uh, national accounts and uh, and to boost business development at national level. Then I uh, took the opportunity to join the regional board of uh, uh, ISEC uh, in the mean Middle East and North Africa. Back to then was MENA region, uh, based between Cairo, Dubai, and and, and Jordan, and then. I managed to sign regional partnerships to push um, uh, capacity building for all the LCs and the MCs and the external relations. Um, got involved with a second international at certain points, you know, on, on global air, external relations, business development as well, and development of global products. Um, I've been chair, facilitator, uh, you know, uh, at uh, organizers, MCP, CCP, like at uh, uh, local, regional, global conferences uh, of ISEC, including IPMs and and uh, and, uh, ISEC, I, and and international conferences. And uh, it was uh, amazing um, uh, seven years across uh, the, the organization between all the levels, um, uh, which, which I, I, I can easily say that it has shaped who I am today as a person. Amazing. That's great to hear. Very intensive. A lot of things that you definitely did in those seven years for sure. Um, so from the time that you were in ISEC and even post ISEC, you can touch a little bit on that now, but what has been your experience working with organizational culture and why does this matter to you? Uh, when I, when I, when I, of course, you know, when I joined ISEC, you know, you kind of um, uh, uh, hop into um, um, a platform of highly diversified individuals from across the world. And people come from different backgrounds and they have differences and then they have their own cultures and then they're supposed to meet under one roof where they can they should unify the communication process and then kind of um, uh, adopt certain leaving practice that that creates such a synergy and, and harmony between individuals around the world in order to achieve one purpose, which is the Isaac, the Isaac vision. And then they've got a value system that is composed of six values, you know, and they're supposed to align with that no matter where they come from, no matter their background. And then it was it was it was a wake up wake up call for me that how come more than thirty thousand back back to the thirty thousand individuals in around the world uh, they could align with six values successfully and then still uh, you know uh, um, blend into an organization and work together in harmony and in synchronization total synchronization in order to achieve certain purposes and objectives and it was like amazing to me it was like kind of a um, 
a magic, you know, how come all these individuals, they manage to align with certain culture and a value system in order to achieve that. And that's why when I, when I left ISEC and I started my entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship journey, the first thing and the most material issue that I wanted to focus on, which is me, uh, team culture. And that's why today um, uh, at my organization, which is, which, is, which is called Sustainable Square based in Dubai as a global startup that focuses on advisory for social impact and sustainability, the first and the most important thing that I wanted to invest in, which is the team culture, and to make sure that the entire stakeholder system know that there is a culture that was built within this team, and this culture will add value to them and to the relationship between our our, our team and our stakeholders and our vendors and the clients you know that we serve. So, so that's why it was very, very important to me to understand that no matter how many processes you build, no matter how many objectives and KPIs and elements, and no matter how sophisticated you could get into these organizational strategy and practices if there is no clear culture that can back it up and then push it to achieve the desired outcomes, you would never achieve it. And if I've learned uh, one thing during my ISIC experience, that, that culture eats strategy for a breakfast. I've heard this, this, this statement many times before. And I was like, I can, I, I can develop the most sophisticated strategy. I can develop the most sophisticated metrics and KPIs and elements and, and, and balance the scorecard. You name it from all these frameworks, sexy frameworks that you see around the world. But if you don't have the right culture, and the, la- the right value system that could push it, you know, and then engage individuals in order to adopt the purpose and all these strategy elements, you would never achieve anything. That's very on point. I have to agree with you there. You've already touched on like the follow-up question that I had for you, which was about why it's important um, in leading teams. And I think you touched on that already with why it matters so much to you, because if you're going to be working with people, it's a non-negotiable. It's not like, you know, something you can pick and choose. I'll just focus on strategy and, you know, the culture will just take away of itself. Um, So in saying that, I can move on to another question that I had is that how are teams and organizations different when culture is being taken care of? And especially for any MCPs or any ISECers who are listening to this, like how do you identify them? Like how can you identify if, you know, you yourself are taking care of the culture as the team leader or as the MCP, for example? To be honest, um, um, I always go back to asking tough questions in order to define what sort of culture, you know, uh, culture uh, approach I could set within a team or within an organization. The the toughest question that I should ask myself, uh, uh, you know, uh, in every single day, and then when I'm doing the planning with my team, first, as a team, we should ask ourselves, what is our winning aspiration? What are we trying to achieve here? What are we trying to win? Then, where would we play this? this strategy or this tactic that we're trying to put in action, how will we win it altogether? What are the capabilities that we must have as a team in order to achieve this? And at the end, what management system do we need in order to achieve it? If we ask these tough questions, it sorts of lead us to define what sort of culture we have to set in place in order to achieve what we want to achieve. I could reformulate this question in a different manner. The first question could be, for example, what is the culture and the uh, what is our culture and our purpose that is unifying us you know as 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 individuals or as a team the second thing could be how can we improve our culture fit 
because we come from different backgrounds. We have so many differences, you know, as a team. So how can we Im- improve that 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 the culture fit between us? What what put us in common as individuals coming from different backgrounds? So so what is common around us? So if we manage to define what is common around us, we could move. How do we create a consistent, uh, let's say, team or employees experience among our 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 unique segments because we come from different unique segments so how can we create that harmony and that experience that unify all of us in order to 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 have a unified approach forward then what are the capabilities and 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 the reinforcing mechanism that I have to put in place in order to extend that culture that is emitting from us as individuals and the last thing it could be using technology to advance culture. So what sort of technology I can use in order to advance culture? Because today, certain technology could help boost culture, uh, team culture, um, to, in order to, to achieve the desired outcome. So if I can manage to, to ask these tough questions, these are not tough questions, but then they help me to process my thinking process or my thinking in order to 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 kind of draw that 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 story about the culture of my team and how do I take it forward? So I would always start with asking these questions in order to define a common culture or what common unifies us as a team in order to set or to draw that story that is known as our culture as a team. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for breaking it down to very clear steps and questions. I think I'm going to do that exercise even after this podcast recording myself too. Um, and when it comes to like, you gave us the step-by-step, you gave us kind of the logic or the questions that we should be asking ourselves, um, in your experience within ISEC and even outside of ISEC, what have you noticed as like the top challenges of creating the desired organizational culture? I think most of us have like the best intention, like we understand its importance. However, always, you know, the implementation is not always as desirable as what we planned. So in that sense, what are the top challenges you've always noticed and how, would be your tips on overcoming them? During the last few years, um, I've, I've, I've recognized these challenges at three uh, levels. First, uh, in ISEC, of course, uh, in my entrepreneurial journey, you know, within my team and within clients' uh, workplace. Because I visit clients, I advise the clients, you know, so I see what sort of culture it, it trains, you know, within these workforces. And in these three organizations or three, uh, let's say, stakeholders, I've managed to to identify some obstacles and challenges that I see them commonly or being repeated in every workplace. First, the first, I would say the first uh, uh, obstacle or challenge for unifying and creating a strong culture is the resistance to change. Uh, you see sort of people that are very resistant, very rigid in their approach, and they wouldn't want to change because that's who they are. They want, they come as a set stone and there is no agility, there is no flexibility in their approach, and they're not even open in order to adapt uh, or to accept different opinions. So that resistance to change is, is one of the, one of the, the main obstacle to build a strong uh, unity or strong culture within the uh, within within the workplace, I would say the second thing is not communicating the purpose. You will see a lot of leaders, a lot of managers, when they approach their team to give instructions, they don't give instructions with a purpose. So they don't define the purpose element of that instruction, as if you are just giving an order, and giving an order does not 
you know, create culture, does not, you know, enhance the relationship. It, it comes as a top-down approach and it does not really create that supportive uh, process or engaging process between the employees and the manager or the employees of the, or, and the leader of the organization. So, so if you are not blending your, 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 your call or your request with the purpose of asking that information or the purpose of asking the team to do such a thing, then, then, then it comes dry it comes it comes dry and then it has no value element it has no culture element it has no purpose element and it should it should it, and it becomes a hurdle in order to achieve certain culture or to set certain culture at the workplace the the second thing the third thing actually the third element i would say a rigid structure within the organization sometimes we build our organizations very in a very complex uh, hierarchy in a way that it does not support creating structure. So if you have a very vertical uh, organization, very super vertical organization, probably the the smoothness of creating good structure, good good culture within the organization becomes very 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 tough. Um, uh, on, on on another way, if you create a flat organization, probably communication is boosted. Uh, the 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 interaction and the engagement when the, with, between the different elements of the organization are smooth and 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 quick, which helps to boost the culture. It helps to create a strong culture within the organization. Uh, uh, I would say another problem that I've noticed, which is the lack of commitment from uh, from from certain uh, employees or certain members of the team. Um, I always say say this within our organization that you can never make someone reliable. He's either reliable or not. We cannot teach people to become reliable. We cannot teach people to become committed. He's either committed or no. So so how can you work with these individuals that don't really um, uh, you know put commitments to the purpose because they're not buying into it, which means which brings us back to the second problem, which is communicating with purpose which is giving instructions with purpose. So the, the, everything is, is, is being blended together, you know, that could boost the organization culture or stop it at certain at certain point or lower the speed or the uptake of the organization culture. Another, another problem that I've seen, uh, uh, which I've seen it in clients actually, which is merger and acquisitions. In the in the in the private sector, so when you merge or you bring two organizations that are have different cultures and you're trying to merge them and blend them together, which we see now, you know, startups merging together, organizations acquiring other organizations, so so different set of values, different set of practices merging together into one team. It's the toughest thing that you can do in order to create a common culture. So these people are used to to a different set of standards, different set of attitude and practice, and the others, a different. they come from a different environment. So how can you blend them together to create one unified culture for that merger? So these are the main problems. These are the main obstacles that I've seen during my experience working with organizational culture. Thank you. That was, that was very nice. And I can definitely see the connection between the challenges and what you were saying earlier about what the questions you should ask yourself as well. Like you said, it's all very interconnected as well. But yeah, resistance, not communicating the purpose, lack of commitment, more rigid organizational structures. For sure, it blends well and it makes sense with what you were saying earlier as well. Um, and then when it comes to any MCPs who are listening to this podcast and they're going like, wow, this is a lot of content. I'm learning a lot. Or maybe they're thinking, okay, what is the best way for me to you know, implement and start practicing some of these main concepts? Like what would be your advice to them? 
I would go back to asking these simple questions that I've shared with you in the, I think, question number two or three. Um, asking these questions will help to structure your thoughts because the word culture is is intangible, right? So how would you create a culture? It's it's something that uh, it's the, the most vague thing that you can have as an entrepreneur or as an MCP or as a leader of an organization. So how can you create a culture? Because a culture is a reflection of your personality as a leader, right? So it's 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 how do you drive your team in order to achieve something that you believe in? But how can you let all, all your beliefs and you harmonize them with the team in an engaging process in order to create a both ways or two ways common interac- cultural interaction. You don't want to dominate your beliefs to the team or to reinforce or enforce your, te- your beliefs to the team. And you don't want the team to enforce theirs uh, because we need both, both sides. So how can I engage with them through these questions sit with them at the table as if I'm not an MCP, as if I'm not a CEO of an organization, sit next to them and ask these questions and contribute to ask this, uh, to answer these questions together in order to come up with one culture that unifies all of us, which is, as I mentioned, is identifying the common elements and the common beliefs between all of you and blending it with a purpose, it could help to define a nice story or narrative that could help achieve uh, the desired culture that you would like to build within your MC, within your startup, within your organization as a leader. Perfect. Thank you. Everything goes back to those questions and not just you on board or you asking them, but also I think this is also good questions also have with your MC team members as well. Uh, Maybe even with like some of your LCPs as well, just just throwing some ideas out there for the MCPs and they can see what they would like to take forward. Um, and then I think we're at almost the last question. Yes, this is the last question we have. Um, so in your time and in your experience, you've already like been working with culture a lot, as you were saying, the main stakeholders. Um, do you want to share with us what are the best examples or the best good case examples you saw in your experience of organizational culture management? Yeah, I would speak about two uh, two key uh, stories that have really um, come through when it comes to uh, in my career, of course. The first one, which is um, uh, actually in merger and acquisition. So two local banks in Abu Dhabi, uh, uh, they merged together. The first bank has 1,500 employees and the second bank has 7,500 employees. The first bank is, is highly entrepreneurial, agile. They're so aggressive in the market. The second one is state-owned. They're laid back. They're very relaxed, right? So how would you bring two culture, two different cultures into one organization, a merger between these two banks, and then create a common culture that would take the brand forward or the the, the newly established brand for work. And that was the most challenging thing ever. I've seen it. I didn't get involved into the project, but then the top management, they were sharing with me that technology was smooth. Blending the products was smooth. Blending the assets was smooth. Blending the culture was the toughest thing they've gone through which is how can you merge, like people that come from different set of values, different attitudes, different policies, different way of doing work. They're, they're both bankers, right? They, they, they're all bankers, right? But then they, they, they have different approach to doing business, different approach to approaching the workplace. And then creating a common, common culture between both, it was the toughest thing that they had to go through. So how can you um, first admit that there is no right or wrong culture, 
right? You can say that these ones have their own culture and the others have their the right culture because the other ones are very productive and they're very aggressive in the market and they're very entrepreneur driven and the others, they're state owned. So that's, but the, the others, they've managed to develop great assets, you know, and they have bigger assets than the other one. So how can you get the best out of these two and blend them together? So looking at the common things and the achievements and learn from each other throughout the last experiences or the last years of establishment in order to create a stronger brand that pulls out the best culture from both organizations and then create a stronger brand forward. That was the, the one, of the, one of the best experiences I've come through. The second one, which is, uh, I would say, uh, one of my clients, uh, ex-clients actually worked with them. It's a, it's, a, it's a global agency called Omnicomedia Group. I think they exist in New York and different uh, parts of the world. And um, what, I, what, what I noticed when I entered their, their, their building Right, they have six floor building. When I enter their building, from the first person that I meet, who is the who is the person who is uh, next to the door there, to the top chairman of the organization, they all speak the same language. They, you feel that you are being treated the same. You feel you are being asked the same questions. It's not something that they have managed to institutionalize, right? Because it's a very, very, very tough. They don't really get manuals and take people, tell them you have to learn how to ask questions. You have to learn how to respond to people. No, that's not. But they managed to disseminate a spirit between the entire workforce that could approach all stakeholders in the same way. So when you're speaking to any person within the organization, they have more than 600 uh, in the MENA region. When you speak to any employee, they've got the, 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 the most common approach across all the departments, across all the subsidiaries of the organization. They would approach you with the same spirit. They would approach you with the same values. They would approach you with the same attitude of being business. You wouldn't see something that is not synchronized uh, 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 you know, and that's 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 something because the chairman believes in it, and the top management believed in it, and they managed to build such a strong culture and disseminate it across, which is one of the most toughest things ever. And um, I, I will end up this with 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 what I've learned from both experiences to implement at Sustainable Square, which is my startup, that that with no defined great culture, you would never be able to achieve anything. Because when we started investing into boosting our culture and then creating a set of standards that are, they may not be written because we don't need to write everything. But these are, these are, these are practices and attitudes that are communicated to everyone of the team that the team, they adopted it and they felt that, 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 it is relevant to them. It helps them to, to be more productive. It helps them to trust the workplace and they've taken it forward. Not to mention that 80% of my workforce are icicles. So, so it, it makes it, it makes it very, 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 very easy, you know, for me that, that icicles, they come with a set of values and then it's easily, um, you know, uh, it, it makes it very easy for them to blend with the culture and then to kind of carry, uh, carry on, you know, that set of values that they have learned during ISEC to the new workforce and build on it and then to make, uh, to, to, to invest and to make the brand even, even bigger. So culture is number one for me. And, and, and even, even trickle down that in the interviews. So when, when I interview people, I interview employees uh, or applicants, I tell them, I want to know nothing about your academic degree. What did you work, your expertise? That doesn't interest me at the first place. In my first interview, I want to know who you are as a person. Where do you come from? If me and you are going to become friends, what would you tell me about yourself? 
So I want to, to assess as much as possible if this person fit perfectly in my culture that I've built within Sustainable Square, then I will be interested to see whether he's competent and what skills or what background he has he has acquired during the last few years. So so culture is what 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 helped me to 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 build stronger relationship with my clients. And clients they will tell you Sustainable Square is about culture. Sustainable Square is about the people that are there. It's not about the products. It's not about the advisory services. It's not, it's not about the software that we have built, but it's about how comfortable are we to deal with people from Sustainable Square because they've got great culture. That was a perfect note to end this podcast on. I love it. Like I love the example that you gave as well. Like, it's number one, and it's also the first thing that you test or you look for when you're looking at applicants to join. So I think like actions always speak more than words or anything that you're going to write. Um, definitely the practices that you have in place. But thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. I had a very nice um, 30 minutes with you. It was a very good start to my morning. I hope you also enjoyed reconnecting a little bit with Isaac. You won't see all the people that are listening to you, but it'll be live. And I'm sure that they will thank you for this as well. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me and then wishing you all the best. I'm always close to support and to be part of that culture that has shaped who I am as a person. Amazing. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.